Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. It is another edition of Philly Stam, your host James Helter is Thursday, May the 7th, as uh, we continue to trudge along here. And with some hopeful news, it seems like every day we talk, we've got some sort of new idea, new plan, new reaction to a plan, more information on a plan, whatever to get into. So we will do that today and then later on talk a little Phillies as well as we continue to look at some of the... Um, the question marks about this Phillies team when and if they do start playing again in the hopefully near future and also uh, hopefully tomorrow we'll have a little more fun talking about some Phillies positives. But um, as I said, a new day, a new plan, or at least a new version of a new plan or a reaction to a plan or whatever. And the most recent um, plan that we have heard was the Bob Nightingale plan about every team playing in their own home stadium and the three parts of the country kind of divided into 10 team divisions, whatever you want to call it. And then uh, Trevor Plouffe, of all people, former Major League Baseball player, former Philly Trevor Plouffe comes out and says definitively, I'm hearing that spring training two, as he called it, will begin in the middle of June and then July 1st, opening day. And um, it was one of those things where it's like, do we trust Trevor Plouffe? Does he know what he's talking about? And, and in, in reality, we should, in thinking about it, I mean, the guy was a Major League Baseball player very recently and probably has a lot of connections with a lot of people still playing. So you would think on the face of it that that information isn't coming from nowhere. Um, and then, uh, you know, we get a little more information. Joe Girardi, as I mentioned yesterday, comes out and says that he has heard that chatter as well, which I took as a very positive sign that Joe Girardi would be willing to comment on the fact that that you know he's heard chatter of that as well. Then Jeff Passan today comes out with an article. Uh, MLB return to play proposal expected within the week. Sources say um, we'll dive into this Passan article, what it means, and uh, he even cites the Trevor Plouffe thing. Um, so let's let's dive in. As again, this is this is exciting stuff. Again, I've I've raised some questions, some logistical questions, and I think those are still there, but. Just from a hopefulness perspective, as I've said throughout this whole process, as each of these plans keeps coming up and we hear a new thing and a new idea and whatever, it's all to me hopeful in the sense that they're working to make this happen. That as much as we want baseball back, the people bringing us baseball want it back even more. And that is an, an amazingly hopeful sign for me. Let's dive into this passing article and then we'll, we'll go through it piece by piece and, and break it down as we go. All right. Uh, passing writes. Major League Baseball expects to offer a return-to-play proposal to the MLB Players Association within a week as teams have begun to encourage players to prepare for a quote-unquote spring training that could begin in mid-June. 
and a season that could start in early July for sources familiar with the discussions told ESPN. Again, that is exactly what Trevor Plouffe said. We'll get to Plouffe again as, as Passon does bring him up, but good to hear coordinated information. And again, so far, I think of, um, you know, if you had to pick an MLB reporter who has been most on top of everything, and I know Nightingale, the, the most recent plan that came out and whatnot, but Jeff Passon has been all over this. Shout out to Jeff Pass, and that dude is doing an amazing job. I loved him when he was at Yahoo, then he went to ESPN, got a bigger platform, and he has been crushing it. Passon has been all over this. So if Passon says that I feel strangely more confident in it than, than if other people say it, Passon goes on. Although a significant number of hurdles remain, and some industry leaders believe June and July return dates are overly optimistic, ownership's approval of a plan and a dialogue about specifics with the union would mark two vital steps towards baseball's return from a season so far delayed six weeks by the coronavirus pandemic. Um, again, uh, passing, you know, there mentions that, that there are some industry believers who think that June and July is too soon and that there are a, number, a significant number of hurdles remain, which, which again, as we've talked about, like we've talked about the need for tests. I mean, I think that's the, the number one hurdle that we need to clear is that if players are going to get tested, on a consistent basis, that everyone in America who needs a test can get a test is, is almost a prerequisite. And I think that's the one question that maybe these people can't answer without, you know, the, the advice and, and whatever of, of experts and whatnot. But um, still, that is something that I guess, you know, we're still questioning. So so we'll see. The article goes on. Um, Passon says, general managers and managers from at least a dozen teams have reached out to players to suggest they ramp up baseball activities. Those familiar with the conversations said, including executives, players, and agents who told ESPN. That's huge. That is huge. The fact that it is being acknowledged that players are being told to start getting ready is a big deal. I mean, that is, that is a big deal. We've talked a lot about the logistical hurdles and how could this happen, and it all seems... You know, just like hope and a prayer and all that type of stuff. But the fact that they are, it is being, you know, 12 different teams, a dozen different teams are saying to their players, or at least a dozen different teams are telling ESPN that they're telling their players to start getting ready is a big deal. That that matters. You know, that is, that is a, a step further than we've gone so far. Again, we are getting this information through Jeff Pass and through Bob Nightingale, through Trevor Plouffe, it turns out. Um, but for us to know that the players are being told similar things, and that's where the Girardi hearing saying you heard the chatter mattered to me so much too, is that people inside baseball are hearing that. They're going to hear it before we do. You know, whatever, you know, the best reporter is not going to beat the players and the, the uh, managers and the owners and the GMs to it. So that's a really big deal in my mind that, that – it's corroborated in that sense. The article goes on. Some teams have suggested that players prepare for a spring training that could begin as early as June 10th and a season that could begin July 1st. Dates first suggested publicly by former player Trevor Plouffe. So there you go, passing crediting Plouffe for that specific information, which um, is important. Again, the fact that, um, you know, I think a lot of people didn't believe Plouffe when he put it out there. Shout out to Trevor Plouffe. It was not from nowhere, as, as, you know, when we talked about it here, that, you know, again, assuming that it wasn't from nowhere. Uh, passing goes on. Other teams, sources said, are being more general in their timetables, understanding the complications that hard dates can cause 
and wanting instead to nudge players towards being in game shape. That's interesting, too, in the sense that certain teams maybe, um, it implies that certain teams maybe think there could be more hurdles than other teams are and that they want to be ready in gaze, but also are not going to overly push it. Um, I think the fact that the implication is that all teams are in some form or another letting their players know that it's a possibility, I think is a good sign. All right, it goes on. Um, Already dozens of players are working out at team training facilities across the country, according to sources. And the possibility of holding a three- or four-week spring training at teams' home stadiums appeals to a number of stakeholders. After entertaining the ideas of quarantines, all players in Arizona or in using a three- or five-city hub to hold games, which we talked about, there is momentum toward the league trying to play their games in home stadiums, sources said. And I get that. Uh, You know, again, that has been kind of the biggest question mark for me is the idea of them playing in home stadiums and how many problems that presents but um it does seem that from the players union's perspective that seems like a sticking point that these players don't want to quarantine they don't want to leave their families and look i get that i understand it i'm not going to criticize them for that especially if they're unified in that stance um so look again the idea that i have been somewhat dubious of the home stadiums thing not as much because of the stadiums themselves, but because of the travel, because of, you know, if you're, especially New York or, you know, cities that have been really affected. Uh, you know, look, if the uh, Kansas City Royals, you know, want to play in their own stadium and they can, because, you know, and again, that's, a, I'm pulling a, a team out of a thin air. I don't know what the, the uh, you know, infection rates are that in Kansas City. That's probably a bad job by me to just pull a team out of the air. But the idea being that, We know that the more densely packed cities, the cities like New York are are really facing a tougher time right now. So um, I still question the viability of that. But again, it seems like these, look, like I said, when I talked about yesterday, the idea that sure, you could just drive up to the stadium and go under the stadium and put players in there and not have to deal with the outside world. That's possible. That's a, that's a doable thing potentially. So um, it was more the travel aspect of it. The idea of, of teams, players going from different places and also the idea of players really strictly sticking to just seeing their families and not, you know, going out and about and all that in their home cities. That that's a question mark to me too, but on the face of it, if players are willing to just go to work, go home, be with their families and go to work and go and be with their families and and just go into these empty stadiums, you know, for all intents and purposes and not be out and about in the world, then then maybe that could work. You know, maybe there is more optimism for that. Um so that is interesting. Um all right, continuing on. Passon says the complications could be manifold, whether due to coronavirus outbreak in a city or the risk added by traveling, which is kind of what I was just talking about. But the logistical concerns aren't nearly as acute as they would be with the building of hubs. So that's what he's saying. He's, he's kind of confirming what I was saying, the idea that if they built hub cities and players just went there and stuff, it would be a little more logistically feasible than, than everyone playing at their own stadiums, but you know, it is what it is. Um, passing goes on. Um, passing goes on here uh, to say three player representatives who have been sending updates to the union's rank and file believe the union would be more receptive to such a plan because players could spend half their games at home with their families. So there you go. I mean, that's basically saying that, as we've kind of inferred, that the players want to be home with their families and that the whole quarantining hub idea doesn't work from them for that perspective. And I get it. You know, I'm not going to crush anyone for wanting to be with their family. I would want to be with my family too. I get it. So if they can do it healthy and safely, 
like cool i'm good with it but that's clearly a hurdle and again that's the the behind the scenes stuff that we're not privy to or involved in but the idea that that they have to discuss these things behind the scenes and that you know major league baseball has realized that the players that is a sticking point for the players association i think it's very clear and that's why mike trout and kershaw and these guys spoke out is because they're speaking for the union it seems like they're speaking for the majority of players who are saying hey we want to play but we don't want to do it this way and i think that you know if that is the case then you know shout out to mike trout and kershaw for for stepping up and and speaking out on behalf of everyone because it does seem like the way they're shaking out that that is the at least the predominant belief among players a predominant feeling among players um, and it's not just a few rogue players who feel that way. So anyone who's bashing Trout for that, at least you uh, have to take into account the possibility that this is actually the, the scenario. All right, the article goes on. This does not mean the league's proposal to the Players Association will be met with open arms. Owners have pushed the league to ask players to take a pay cut because of cratering revenues exacerbated by no fans being allowed in stadiums upon any return. In an agreement between the league and the union, players agreed to be paid a prorated portion of their salaries based on games played, which MLBPA argues covers any lessening of salary players should take. The potential snags go well beyond money, though. Pazin says, and those are snags. Look, the money stuff, again, as I've said many times, I don't think the money stuff will be something that hinders baseball from happening because... I think that everyone involved knows that optically that would be a disaster to not play baseball because of money issues when 30 plus million people have filed for unemployment in the last month and a half or whatever it is. I mean, that would be bad. That'd be a horrible look. We're talking about millionaires and billionaires for the most part. Um, But there are, having said that, you know, with that in mind, there's still a lot of financial issues that need to be ironed out. Whether um, the teams take a hit in a certain spot which they will whether the players take it in a certain spot um they're gonna have to come to an agreement before play is 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 played i just think that they will find a way to come to agreements on those things because of the fact that like i said it's such a bad look if you don't play games because of money when the whole world the whole uh, certainly all of america is is going through what they're going through and you can bring some happiness some joy some distraction all that to people and and also some normalcy and and saying hey we're back this is what we do america let's let's get back to life um healthy and safely um so i I think that the snags the money snags will be figured out but the point is they do have to be figured out so it's not like it's not there it's just i do think that that won't be the thing that stops baseball from happening the article goes on Returning to play in this environment poses a risk to players, one they hope is allayed as much as possible in the league's proposal. Multiple players have reached out to the union asking what would happen if they opted not to play in 2020 out of fear for their health or desire to remain with their families during the pandemic. Sources told ESPN. That is a really interesting factoid. The idea that there are actually players who have said, hey, I don't know if I want to play. I'd rather be with my family. This is more family comes, and I wouldn't blame them. I get it, but that is an interesting hurdle, and I would be interested to see if there are players who ultimately decide to do that. That is that is very interesting. I've not heard that yet. Uh, it goes on. Further, a more direct question was asked by a player during a video call with the Cleveland Indians players that was first reported by The Athletic. What happens if we come back and a player tests positive? I mean, that is the question, right? I mean, that is the ultimate, if they come back, then what question? That's the one. What happens? We've heard in earlier proposals, earlier things that baseball would 
continue to operate, that they wouldn't have to worry about. And look, I mean, there are arguments for that. I mean, going back to the Utah Jazz thing, I mean, Rudy Gobert and, and Donovan Mitchell tested positive. No one else did. So, you know, it is possible that someone can be um, contagious on a team and not everyone gets it. Most people don't get it. But it could also be the other way around where we've heard of, you know, certain plants or this or that where, uh, you know, 100 out of uh, 105 people got it. You know, so I don't, I don't know. It's, I think that's a hard question to answer. Uh, Passing goes on to say to that question, the league's answer to that question and others is eagerly anticipated by players whose sense of optimism has grown in the past week. At the same time, multiple officials and players have expressed reservation about negotiating an agreement as the country reopens, fearful that by the time the beginning of June rolls around, the climate for the game to return might not be as welcoming. That's an interesting point as well, the idea of, you know, we don't know what's going to happen. I think that's just a basically saying, hey, it's fluid and we don't know what's going to happen and we don't know where the country's going to be at. We don't know if there's going to be a second wave and all that type of stuff. I think that's kind of what that line is saying is, is we have so many unknowns, we don't know how that's going to play out. So we'll see. Passing goes on. The unknown, sources said, is part of the motivation to start the negotiation process within a week. Not only does the MLB need approval from players and owners to start a season, but also officials from the White House and top health officials expect to be consulted and give the go-ahead, sources said. Already, MLB has been in contact with federal and state officials seeking guidance as it maneuvers toward a new opening day. All right, well, that's all pretty obvious stuff there. I mean, like, they're not going to start playing baseball if, if the powers that be both governmental and safety and health-wise say don't do it. So, you know, I mean... I think that's a, a pretty clear statement, but I get why it has to be in there, but that, that's basically what they're saying there. The, but I, I think the important part of that, that paragraph is the, the, uh, the idea that there is optimism and that they acknowledge there are unknowns, but that it's trending in a good direction. The article goes on. The look of the game and the season will be determined in any agreement between the league and the union. Multiple executives have suggested that as many as 50 players will be available for teams to use, and they'll have active rosters of up to 30 players each game. The lengths of the season, should it start in July, could be from 80 to 100 games. That's interesting as well. Expanded rosters, which we would have expected to deal with any sort of issues that come along the way, whether it's, as they said, a player testing positive or more likely someone having to leave for a particular reason, or, or the fact that a shortened spring training ramping it back up again is, is a recipe for disaster in terms of injuries, in terms of soft tissue stuff, pitchers' arms, all that. I, I think they're going to have a lot of leeway, have to have a lot of leeway with that. But that also in, uh, introduces the whole question of minor leaguers and what do you do there? Are minor leaguers going to play? I, I would doubt that the minor leagues gets back up and running the full same way as the majors because most minor league teams make all their money off of fans coming to the stadium. Like, there's nothing else. I mean, that's how minor league teams make money. So, um it, will it just be like a certain amount of minor leaguers are part of this 50-man roster and they shuttle in and out and then everyone else is off? I don't know. I think that's, honestly, the minor league aspect of it is a really, really, really fascinating part of this that has not been talked about at all. And I, I think is an interesting angle to this as well, especially 50-man rosters. You're going to have minor leaguers there, guys who were minor leaguers, guys who would have been minor leaguers. What happens to the rest of them? How do you choose? What if someone gets hurt on that 50-man roster and, and is done for the year? Do you get to bring another minor leaguer up who hasn't been playing? Have they been in spring training? There's so many questions. All right, the article goes on. Any agreement is likely to include contingency plans going forward, sources said. 
Some officials fear a so-called second wave of coronavirus cases that some health officials have forecast and believe that instead of playing to play into late November with an expanded playoff system, MLB would be better suited playing a shorter season that gives the league a greater likelihood of avoiding potential complications. That's interesting as well, the idea of a second wave not sooner but in in flu season next year. You know, when you're getting to to when it's cold out and and September and October, November, interesting, impossible to, to kind of forecast for now. Um, but I think it'll be interesting that that question will almost be answered when we see what the if they do come back and if they plan to come back, what the proposed schedule looks like, how deep they play, whether it's shortened, whether the playoffs are expanded or shortened. All that, that's an interesting question that we can't answer now, but um, interesting. Um, lastly, um, the article ends. The fallout from COVID-19 already has not only erased a large portion of the 2020 season, but also left front offices fearful of the immediate and long-term future. Scouting directors are waiting the official word, but told ESPN that they expect the MLB draft in June to be five rounds instead of the standard 40. Further, though most teams have guaranteed employees pay through the end of May, the delay in baseball beyond July could anticipate a wave of furloughs and layoffs, according to sources. All right, so so much impact in there, and, and we said we get some Phillies stuff today, but that's probably not gonna happen. Let's just finish up with this, and we will we will talk Phillies tomorrow. I promise. Um, I, my main takeaway from that that article is is one of hopefulness and positivity. I think there's a lot of caveats in there. There's a lot of if this, then this; if that, then this type of stuff. And I just think that's the the reality of the situation we're living in right now that we don't really know. Um, what could happen from a societal virus-related type of standpoint that, that presents a lot of hurdles, a lot of logistical question marks for... And, and, and look, I don't envy the leagues and the players and all these people having to come up with a plan to return because it's like, that's the thing. It'd be one thing if you just say, all right, we're going to start playing baseball on July 1st and come back and start playing baseball. It doesn't work like that. Like, they have to get these guys ready. They have to have quote-unquote spring training too, whether it's inter-squad games, whether it's this or that. They have to worry about stadiums. They have to worry about this, that. Like, there's so many hurdles and so many variables involved that it's really hard to just create a plan and go with it, especially in such a fluid situation. So um, I think that that nothing is far, nothing is, is certain and whatnot, but I do say that with the Trevor Plouffe report that Passon even mentions, with Joe Girardi saying he's hearing, ch- hearing chatter, with Jeff Passon saying that a dozen teams have told their players to start getting ready, I think that baseball is looking to move forward. And if there is no drastic change in the next few weeks, look, I think, again, this is with the caveat of tests. Test, test, test. Will there be enough tests? Will testing be an issue? Assuming that is something that baseball has talked to healthy and health and safety experts about and governmental officials and experts about and they have an idea that that will be doable because i don't think they even start spring training they don't even get near playing or get people's hopes up unless they believe that is a a likelihood so if we're going to take that as as they believe it can happen and thus they wouldn't go through with it without that i i think the main takeaway from all this is positivity is that with between ploof then girardi then passing like if I were a betting man and I could bet on when baseball would start, I'd bet on July 1st, 2nd, 3rd, right around them, like Plouffe said, like Passon said. Like, this feels real to me of all the scenarios. And again, I'm someone who's expressed a lot of question marks about the feasibility of teams playing at home. I have. 
But this feels real. This feels like they have done a lot of work. I mean, we're not that far out. It's May the 7th. We're talking about a month from spring training in theory, more or less. A month and a week, whatever. I mean, that feels real to me. And again, so much could change over the next month, like we've talked about a million times. I mean, on March 11th, teams were playing games in stadiums. Hockey and and basketball teams were playing games in stadiums. And on March 12th, sports were done, you know? So... Stuff has changed very quickly and rapidly with this whole situation, but I do think that, that the main takeaway from this is real positivity that the people involved in these games who want to get back believe they can in this time period or else we would not be hearing all this, especially so grouped together. Plouffe, Girardi, Passan, the Nightingale thing right before Plouffe. This is real. I, I am starting to believe that we are going to have baseball on July 1st, July 2nd, right around there, July 4th, America's back, whatever they're going to do. I think we're going to have baseball at the beginning of July. I believe it. And again, things can happen between now and then that could totally just change everything. Again, sports stopped in the blink of an eye on a night. Rudy Gobert had it, Tom Hanks had it, and sports were over. So anything can change, and it can change quickly. But man, I feel really positive that this this is real. This whole thing is real. So fingers crossed. We'll obviously keep talking about it here and, and we will get some Phillies talk tomorrow with a little fun. Look at some positivity with the Phillies. We've talked enough about the negative. Let's talk some positivity. Things to get excited about. As as again, I think there's real hope for baseball coming back, and that is really, really exciting. So uh, we'll get back to some Phillies talk tomorrow and uh, we'll continue. Look, maybe tomorrow we'll talk more about this because there's a new plan a new idea like there is every day it seems like but um either way we'll be all over it and we'll continue to talk phillies and um continue to hopefully get through this time and and maybe a baseball in july how cool would that be so until tomorrow thank you for listening to another edition of phillies today right here on the phillies 24 7 network okay picture this it's friday afternoon when a thought hits you I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.